<laughs> Alright folks, welcome back to the podcast One Man, One Tree in a Hill I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion Stand-up comedian, <laughs> Jared Waters And ladies and gentlemen, like I freaking called it The Bucks have won the Super Bowl Man, what uh Let's let's get to our sponsors before we start <laughs> Talking about the Super Bowl This podcast is sponsored by the Old Hillside Bourbon Company A company that was created out of love for bourbon, friendship, and camaraderie this idea of quality time, great conversation, and joy, and good spirits brought this team together. Our vision is fueled by optimism, integrity, and a sense of responsibility to build a successful household of bourbon. The brand that people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. This is our strength. We are able to apply our professional experience to provide the unmatched service to our customers of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Those were our sponsors of the podcast. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, freaking uh, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. I did not expect for them to beat the Bricks out of the Chiefs like that. Shout out to my dog, James Saffo, who's a Chiefs fan. <laughs> and it's weird cheering against a black quarterback in Black History Month, you know what I mean? But you got to go for the home team. And uh, it's so funny seeing the news cover people from Tampa because I knew Tampa was wild. <laughs> There's been plenty of nights where I've just like, how, how the freak – just the wildest nights I've seen in my life. And seeing people <laughs> storm Ebor City, storm Ebor City, and there's like all these, uh, we call them dookie dreads. Those are like the thick, the thick rolly dreads. You see all these dookie dreads with gold teeth talking about, hey, we don't need no, no, y'all band, y'all band fan, <laughs> y'all bandwagon Tampa stuff. Go on upstairs with that, go on up there. So it's funny seeing all these Boston people rooting for Tampa. Tom Brady got seven Super Bowls, man. It's crazy. Seven Super Bowls. The most Super Bowls ever for anyone. Seven Super Bowls. Uh, it's funny watching people eat their words now. Uh, Max Kellerman said that Tom Brady was done four years ago. He said four. Wait, he said, I think that was like seven, five years ago. He said that Tom Brady's done, and Tom Brady got three Super Bowls since then. So the question is, not even a question, are we witnessing one of the greatest Freaking quarterbacks throughout history. Here, let me play this clip. This is actually pretty funny. When you're Mahomes and people are bloviating about you to the degree that they have, you can't go into the Super Bowl and get destroyed. Tom Brady has, wait, wait, how many Super Bowl losses does he have on his career? I three. believe it's three. Yeah. He lost to the Giants 17-14. Yeah. He lost to the Giants 21-17. Yeah. And he lost to the Philadelphia Eagles 41-33 when he threw for 505 yards. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that when you look at Mahomes right now, never questioning his greatness, understanding that... That's a great Stephen A. I, I understand what they're saying. Here goes Max. He's just about done. He is going to fall off a cliff. Tom Brady is going to be a bum in short order. He'll, he'll be terrible. Brady will go from being elite, maybe he's still the best, to cannot, can no longer play effectively in the NFL. It's going to happen in an eye blinking. I'm seeing Brady and the legs are going. It's not the arm, it's the legs. And there is decline here that people will notice, and I've already noticed it. Are we watching Brady fall off the cliff? Yes, we are. Thanks. Yes, we are. It, he is falling from such heights here. To everyone who said, Max, you were wrong about the cliff and da-da-da. Where does he rank in the AFC? I'd say dead last among A... Dang, man. You got to eat your words. I love when people have to eat their words. Tom Brady has won seven freaking Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls. And it sucks that he had to win against Patrick Mahomes because he's a young quarterback and he's won a championship within his first three years. And hopefully if they can keep that team together, they can get some. But uh, freak, whoo, that was wild. The, the, <laughs> uh, shout out to some of my friends. My friend was in a Super Bowl commercial. Her name is Amy Cardinal. 
Car- Car- Amy Cardinal. She was in her first Super Bowl commercial. Everybody's excited. Well, that was dope. See, I was like, oh, freak, here goes my friend. This dude named Matt Richardson, another stand-up comic. He was in a Super Bowl commercial for DoorDash, so that was dope. My favorite part of the Super Bowl was this dude streaking. This dude, I don't even know if he streaked because he kept most of his clothes on, but he ran on the field, and there was a $375,000 bet that someone would do that, and everyone was betting on that. So everyone who did has got one $375,000, which which is amazing. The funniest thing is these announcers narrating it. I got to play this. <laughs> Here it is. 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard at the 20. <laughs> down the middle. Down the middle. The 10, the 5. He slides at the 1. And they converge on him at the goal line. I know, <laughs> I know he's probably got arrested. But that's worth it. That's worth it. Doing something like that is worth it because probably non-violent offense, trespassing or whatever, and I'm pretty sure you can make bail, but that's an iconic moment. I don't have no problem with streak. If it was a close game, I would get it, but since the game was <laughs> the game was a blowout, that was probably just funny, and I was probably the only person that did it. But uh, Patrick Mahomes is a great man. I think that is – I think that – I don't know these football players personally, but I really think they got they freaking got shook. Half the offensive line was effed up, so that plays a significant factor because they couldn't really protect him like that. And a lot of these receivers couldn't catch nothing, couldn't catch anything. He was literally flipping on his back, everything else, couldn't catch anything. But Tampa Bay Bucks won the Super Bowl. Uh, I will not go back because it looks like a COVID-infested party. Man, my boy uh, Chris, we uh. I met him at the dentist's office when I moved back to Tampa. I met him at the dental office, and uh, he texts me as he's downtown in Ybor City, and there's maybe ten, maybe 7,000 people in a cluster area. He's screaming, we won the freaking Super Bowl, Jared. We won the freaking Super Bowl. And I was like, dude, put on your mask. I don't know where my mask is. I lost it, I lost it in the third quarter. So, yeah, we're, we're looking for those numbers, those COVID numbers, but maybe the cure for – COVID-19 is winning the Super Bowl. Maybe that is. That is no disrespect to the people who lost their lives. But it just seems like Florida, out of all the wildest places in the world, they're doing the best on testing for COVID, and they're doing the best on the vaccines. That's what they're doing the best of. But, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of people have hit me up on Facebook. Look, I have no access to my Facebook account anymore. Somebody hacked my account uh, what happened was my friend's cousin, who was a mother of three, wrote me up there. I was asking, she was asking all these weird questions. And I was like, are you okay? Next thing you know, as I said that, uh, my account was hacked. And they kicked me out. I was like, I noticed. I was like, why is all my passwords changing? I changed it back. So Facebook has uh, kicked me out. So I don't have access to it. However, I do have access through my Instagram. So that's how it looks like I'm posting. But, yeah, I don't know what anybody's saying to me. But we do have the uh, the main Mr. Waters page. We use that. So if you've been writing me. I can't do it. So email. Email the podcast, O-M-O-T-H-P. That's one man, one Trina Hill podcast at gmail.com. You owe me a list here. We'll definitely write you back because that's usually where we get the uh, the dying concerns are through the email. But if people hit me personally, I got no access to it. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> what a what a what a freaking week. My, my week has been up and down. That was the up part. It was down because Saturday night or Friday night. 
Friday night. Friday night did this show at the barbershop. Uh, barbershop Ronnie Lordi. Me and him met four years ago when I moved to New York. And he used to do a show with dude Lev Fur. They do a show. They split up. Ronnie took the barbershop. Lev took the podcast. And uh, they split up. And Ronnie has a dope show and a pandemic. So it's, I can't disclose the location, but it's safe. You get a tent out there. And we're just talking. Cause you never done this show, Jared? I, like, I did the old one. I didn't do the new one. Books me on the show. It's good. Have a really good time. And then all of a sudden, my old uh, a guy from Florida comes up, a comic from Florida. And um, I'm like, how'd you get up here? And some other comments are, oh, Jared's at this show. You should go see him. So we go there. He's drunk out of his mind, high out of his mind, you know, which is okay. But, like, if you're trying to, you know, get stage time, you should be sober. Some people get on stage drunk and high, whatever. That's what they do. So we're going towards the train station, right? Definitely something I shouldn't have been doing. But, you know, sometimes you do it. I say, oh, freak, I don't even know where my my card is. I was like, hey, open the door for me. If you, if you don't see any cops, don't open the door. I'll just go get one. He goes, ain't no cops here. And next you know, he opens the thing. And I said, dude, don't you see 17 cops right in front of us? And he goes, hey, dog, I saw them, but I thought they weren't going to do nothing. And they look at us and goes, hey, come here. And I'm like, oh, freaking gosh. And I was like, all right. You know, they're upset because we disrespect, you know, disrespect. You just open the turnstile in front of them so we get a, a ticket. But what I do is to get out of the ticket, I stretch my hands forth. And he goes, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Florida. I don't know the rules of New York City. I don't know anything. So I stretched my hands forth out like, you know, like, like you know, police officer. Like, you can put your hands down. I said, no, man, I know what's going on, how you guys are hurting people. And I just want you guys to feel safe that I don't have anything inside my bag or anything. Inside. I have no weapons or anything. I just want to scratch my hands out forth so you don't do anything. And they're sitting there talking like this guy, the guy from Florida, he really shook up being in New York City. And I said, look, I'm just new to New York City. I don't know what's going on. And then when you look by ID, it says you live in Harlem. I said, that's old. I was trying to move here, but I moved back because of the pandemic. But, yeah, I don't still don't know the rules. I ain't been here that long. And he goes, all right. Looks as I have nothing on my record, anything else with us. So we'll give you one of you guys a ticket. Cool. So then we're on the train talking. And, you know, sometimes when you're upset with somebody, you just let all everything that you have building up. And I told him, I was like, look, man, you break my heart seeing you inside New York City and just not working out here. Right now, there's a lot of stand up comedians that have in in I don't know about L.A. or anything else. I can only speak for New York and Florida and parts of North Carolina when I did stand up there. But in New York. Everyone takes a drop off in the wintertime because it's cold. It's cold. People don't want to be outside. They're only doing one show a night. They're doing that. Now, in a pandemic, you cut that in half, right? So everyone already taken off. One of my friends, I'm not doing shows in the winter because I can't get up consistently. All right, whatever. But I can, right? So I'm telling them this. And I was like, look, even before the pandemic, you weren't out here, right? And I'm talking to him. And I'm asking. I was like, do you want to do stand-up, man? Yeah, dog. And I say, if you want to do stand-up, why are you not doing stand-up? Right? Like, I can never put my drive into anybody else because he's funny he's really funny naturally funny he's one of the you know funny i got we did a show saturday he rocked out the show but i said it breaks my heart knowing how much talent you have and you don't use it you don't practice anything and he goes i want to go to this show dog but uh what what if the crowd has seen me before i was like then come up with new material it's so like when people i don't know maybe it's just maybe that's just me and my personality and i can't put my drive into anybody else but the excuses that he was giving me for not 
pursuing. I was like, I don't get that. Why did you move to New York City just to work? He goes, I work from 9 to 6. What is that? I work from 10 to 8. I get off work late, so I really can't get out here like this. I was like, well, you can go back home and work. Did you come to New York to work? Who would come to New York and come to these conditions not to pursue what they're doing? You know, like you could live in Florida. Great. You could work in Florida. Nice house, nice car, pretty chick by the beach. Like, why would you risk leaving that to come up here and to join the jungle? And he looked at me like, dang, you're right, dog. I said, I know I'm right. And I said, look, man, you got to want this, man. Like, it breaks my heart seeing you just out here. And people ask me about you. And I just say, I don't know, because I can't speak for you. I don't know what you can do on that stage anymore because you used to be, I used to be like a for sure reference. I can't reference you. This guy named Bobby Jewell and BT, they're uh, club owners. Well, BT is the club owner and uh, side splitters, but Bobby used to be the old one. And one time I asked him about a friend to do a guest spot at a, at a club, right? And he said to me this. He goes, are you going to reference this comic to me? I goes, yeah. He said, before you do that, I want you to pretend that your your uh, your uh, your way blows are on this this counter, and I got a baseball bat, a sledgehammer with spikes, and I'm going to smash it, right? If this comic does not kill and do a good job, that's what a reference should be. You should only reference the people that you know without a shadow of a doubt. It's not going to happen. Like when me and my buddy Cam Bertrand, like I would never question a reference from him because I'm like I know what it is, right? He referenced me, I reference him. It's just like guys that I've been throughout the swamp with. So like in New York, like when I reference comedians, like I reference them because I want them to be good. I don't reference comedians that I know might stink it up. So we're talking about that and we're having emotional. I was like, and you cost me $100. And you cost me $100. I only got a ticket because of you. But uh, man, it's just like, man, like you, you, like you feel like if you're in the city, you feel like something's about to happen. And when you feel like something's going to happen, anything else can seem like a distraction or or a freaking uh. Or like you just see some, you see somebody going up, and you see somebody going down, but it like their energy could pull you down, you know? Oh, oh yeah. So Monday, Monday, uh, you know, Zoom show. We had a freaking snowstorm, snowstorm in New York, so we can't go nowhere. Freaking, I shovel out my car, and then by the time I shovel out, it snows again. So I'm like, what the freak, right? And there's like ice shoveling out there. Tuesday was snow as well, and Wednesday we still did our show. We did our show in a freaking blizzard, right? So Matthew has uh Matthew Aravello's guy do the show with in uh training day comedy, do it every Wednesday, snow, sleet, shine, whatever, we're there. And uh he's starting to understand now. He's understanding he's funny and he's starting to understand that, all right, like people appreciate what you're doing. I was like, You go he has his own show. He had a show Saturday uh Wednesday. I was like, Hey, just come then do your show and you close it out. That's the the keys of the game. Show up a little late, you get to do the last spot, you know, you respect doing that. I'll drop off your speaker and whatever, and we'll meet up. So as he leaves, you know, we do that. We host together, and we create jokes, and we think of stuff on the spot. We have very good chemistry. And uh, he leaves, and then more people start showing up. Then people sledding are like, hey, can we check out this comedy show? Yeah. So now we got the park again. And then comics are like, you guys literally did the show in the snow? I was like, F yeah, why not? We're already out here. So more comics are like, hey, can you come again? So now we got a special guest comedian coming, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. And I told him, I was like, look, we just can't cancel shows, man. If it's if the weather's good enough to be outside, just push through. Our show, boom, get it out of there. So we did that, and I was proud he had a really good set. And when people tell me he has a good set, I was like, yeah, I know. He's good. That's, I, that's the only dude I reference because I know he's going to kill. He's, gonna, he's just funny. It's what it is. He's funny. 
So he's got a job again. So I'm proud that he's really he's getting back on that horse, you know, getting back on that horse. He's in college right now, so it's it's tough. I guess it's tough being I we're completely different eras. I guess would he be a generation Z Gen Zer? Ninety six? Nah, he'd be younger than that. Whatever generation that is. But like me, I grew up completely different where we couldn't we didn't show our emotions. We didn't do anything else. We didn't we didn't identify anxiety. We thought anxiety was just nerves and stuff like that. And he can identify his emotions in me. I'm just like, F out of here, freaking platypus. But now I get like he's just expressing himself and how he feels. And now this boy's a beast, man. Freaking people are starting to book him. That's what it's about. It's like I told him, like, they're gonna they're gonna book you, man. Once people see who you're facing and realize that you're that funny guy, consistently they're gonna book you. So that was Wednesday. So Wednesday night I had a show following that at 8.45, right? My show ends at 8.45. I have another show at 8.45, so I have to call in. So I'm on the bus. And I was like, hey, let me know when you got a call. So you log on to the Zoom, easy Zoom show, right? I log on, and uh, my Zoom name is Mr. Aguas. Aguas means waters, right, in Spanish. So he goes, I don't know who Aguas is. I'm like, it's freaking me. And then it's like, oh, we ended the show. We didn't know who Aguas was. I was like, you don't see this black dude? Well, we saw a black dude with a beard. So that's me. That's Jared Waters, Mr. Waters. Oh, so uh, the dude who booked me, right, he feels bad. I was like, look, it is what it is. It happens. Don't worry about it, right? And he goes, I want to book you next week. I was like, okay, so this is falling Wednesday. I was like, I'll do it again. Then he writes, he goes, hey, you want to do a four-minute set? I said, look, don't uh, foot me inside your show. Like, I'm not going to wait to do five, like four minutes. I have my own show. Why would I do that? And he goes, yeah, you're right. I, I shouldn't have asked that question. I was like, so why did you ask me that? I think sometimes, like, people want to see what they can get away with, and it's not even disrespectful, just like, okay, right? For example, I'm doing the show, right? And the show asked me for a fee, and I give them a fee. And they go, well, we really can't do that in our budget. And I was like, so why would you ask me for my fee if you can't pay the fee? And I think sometimes when people don't really understand the what stand-up is, they don't understand, like, it's a business. They don't understand... You know, like, I've been doing this thing near, what, eight, nine years? I've been doing it for a while, right? Nine, ten years since I was young, a teenager, right? You know, I say, well, 25, 23, 24, 24. I've been doing it for a while, right? So you know your worth and you know everything else. So sometimes when people remember how you started, they ask you, like, starting prices. Like a friend was like, hey, I'm doing a, a, a open mic on my live. I would love to have you. I was like, what did you say to me? <laughs> I was like, girl, what did you say? Yeah, like, yeah, it's everybody doing it. It's just going to be me and you on the live. You could tell your jokes to my. I was like, what What fans do you have? No, do you know Do you know what I've accomplished? No, oh, my God, have you know what I accomplished? I was like, but I didn't say. I was just like, look, I understand what you're doing. I can reference you to a comedian who could use this platform better than what I can use it for. Thank you. You know, but so I'm asking this company. This company's like, oh, Da, 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 da. But then when I turn that down, another company comes like, oh, we'll pay that budget. We'll do that. So sometimes I think that, especially in stand-up comedy, if you don't state your worth, no one else will tell you your worth, right? No one else will freaking do it. I forgot what comic was telling me. We're sitting in the green room, and I'm asking. I'm talking to his head, and he just he starts writing for these TV shows. And I told him he's kind of drunk out of his mind, and we're talking. And he goes, uh, he, goes Jer- he goes, Jared, you look like you want to ask me a question. I said, no, I don't want to ask you a question. He goes, no, go ahead and ask. I'll answer anything. I said, right. I said what's writing like? And he goes, I got $400,000 in my bank account. And I even touched two hundred yet. And I said, good, DDD. 
I said, that's nice. Nice little light work. Little light work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little light work. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Thursday, uh, Wednesday, and then Thursday. Thursday, uh, I did a show. It's a secret show, secret location. That was good. Uh, look, Cypher Sounds was on the show. Good. It's really getting funny. It's, like, really funny for, like, people. I used to see him, like, on Hot 97. Now he's a stand-up comic. I think he's been doing it, like, five or six years, but it's really funny. That experience, you can tell that he has the looseness on stage at him and my girl, Courtney B. Courtney B. Bledsoe is probably one of the funniest comedians that you'll see. She's a star. When I say star, I mean freaking star. Like, you're going to see her on TV, but the thing is, when you see her, you see her on TV already. Like, when she walks in the room, when she walks on stage, hey, (laughs) y'all, freaking star. So we did the show together. Then I was like, hey, let's go back. There's another show around the corner, so we go around the corner, so I got me two spots in one night. Cheese, that said Joey Bats, and then Friday, that's the barbershop show where we got that ticket. Then after that, I ran into Fadi. Fadi's a stand-up comedian. He's from Egypt. Runs a dope show on Saturday. I was like, oh, freak, I should go to his show because Saturday I'm doing the show called Make It Claps at New York Comedy Club, and it's a, uh, I'm hosting. The host, his name is Matt Richards, was shooting his, uh, his pilot for his TV show. And uh, they're like, Jared, could you host? I was like, F yeah, I'll do it. And sometimes, I guess I didn't know how much the park has benefited me because I used to hate hosting. So I figured it's weird talking to people and you're trying to play off of that. But once you have that inside your head of turning off your material and using them to make material, it's so much easier to like develop stuff. Because as a host, you're supposed to set the room up for people to play off of stuff. So, oh, where are these people from? And Talking to this old guy, they met on, this couple goes, we met on, what's the app's called? It's not Grindr, it's not Tinder. I don't know what it's called. What I forgot, what it, whatever app they met, I don't know. I, I'm, I was out of the game before dating apps. Uh, but they met on that one. Hinge, Hinge, that's what it's called. He met on Hinge. And this older couple, I was like, well, give them some advice. He goes, we just started dating. Where did y'all meet? Plenty of fish, plenty of fish. I was like, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a gynecologist. And next, you know, the whole room blows up because we start playing with jokes. So all the comics have something to do. So it's like a rare skill that you learn. Like in Tampa, when we, we used to host, we would try to kill, 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 kill. But sometimes you can get distracted because there is a waitress ordering food or people are stumbling in or people are tired. So you you can get distracted. So you got to move around. So the goal is to just set up the comedy show. Right, you can still do your jokes, but you can come in between and do your jokes. But your goal is to establish it's a comedy show. Let's have fun. Who are the people in the room so that comedians can hear what's going on so they don't ask the same question six or seven times. Oh, where are you from? How'd y'all meet? Where are you from? How'd you meet? Where are you from? I was like, oh, the host asks all that questions. So when I go back, I talk to the comics who are on the show. Some of the comics are big names and stuff like that. And uh, we're talking, and he goes, oh, how's the crowd? I say, all right, these guys are gynecologists. Oh, I could play. I have a bit that goes with that. Boom. Right? It's like setting them up. You know, it's like a guy in the skybox. What's the defense looking like? All right, they're running 5-2 cover three. 5-2 cover three, that's a two-prevent defense. That means they're stacking the top, so we just got to run the ball until the safeties come down. When the safeties come down, then we throw the pass, and then we get the touchdown. You know, but what do I know? I'm Rick James and Charlie Murphy. So that was <laughs> so that was that one, and then Saturday – that was Fadi's show. I did, after Make It Clap, I went to Rashad Bashir's show. I did three shows on Saturday, which is a lot in the pandemic. Rashad Bashir, another comic, and it's in my neighborhood of Harlem. 
So I thought about going home, but I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't go home. <laughs> can't go home. I gotta get three or one night. I gotta test my luck. So we get that one, and uh, I thought I had to move to a show. So I took the bullet, went up early. Then my buddy, who we got the ticket with, he destroys the show. He destroys, and I was like, look, this is what you should be doing every night, dog. I said, but I can't put my drive into you. So that was Saturday and Sunday, which is the Lord's Day, Sunday. What did I do Sunday? It's crazy, Sunday. Most every show in New I don't think there's any shows in New York City on Sunday. I think maybe one, but it's amazing how we literally have turned into just like comedy has gone Catholic, have gone religious, no church on Sundays. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, pretty much. Comedy's closed on Sundays in New York City. But this uh, was February 14th. So this Sunday, the city's going to open back up to 50% capacity. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how low the numbers are. That's the plan. But, uh, yeah. Oh, 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 freak, freak. This is an email. This is an email for a discussion. Did I watch Malcolm and Marie? I did. We watched that movie, Malcolm and Marie. What? <laughs> Woo, that was. Woo. I think the only question I had was just like, what the freak? What type of macaroni and cheese was she making? I never had macaroni and cheese like that at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and he was eating that macaroni and cheese like it was good. I was like, man, she didn't bake it. She didn't put different type of cheeses in there. She just ate that little Kraft macaroni and cheese. That's all they had in that house. But it was cool just seeing two monologues. Zendaya, she is tall as F in real life. I met her before downtown. She is really tall. But her and Denzel Washington's son sounds just like his dad, like when he gets mad. But it was a very interesting movie. I might gravitate towards the dude's side, and my lady was gravitating towards that side. Because I was like, man, this is a big night. And she's mad because he didn't say thank you. He could say another. <laughs> Malcolm and Marie. I'll watch it again. I, I didn't see this thing that you guys are pointing out about. Uh, she's 30, He's 32, and she's 23. Who cares? Freak. You know what the freak? Cause she looks young. Just cause she looks young don't mean she's young. I was twenty three. I was when I was twenty three. I was talking to a freaking fifty year old before. You couldn't tell. I had a beard though, but <laughs> I had a beard though. But that doesn't mean anything. I thought that was a dope, dope movie. And uh, oh, these are the last two things before we get out of here. It is the eighteenth anniversary of Get Rich or Die Trying. I love that album. It's one of my favorite albums. Get Rich or Die Trying. And then we got a debate about is Andre three thousands. The Love Below, a single solo album, and I don't think so. That's going to be on another day. I'm going to call, we should call G-Double for that conversation. He's our outcast expert. Uh, let me call him and see what happens. We're going to call him and see what he says. He is no, he is not available. He is not available. Well, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the podcast, One Man, One Trina Hill. Uh, I know what we said, but after I got that that ticket, it effed up my whole week. But, uh, <laughs> Friday, we'll be dropping uh, part part one of one of these time capsules that we have, and we'll drop part two on on Tuesday. Sunday, we'll do the Woody's Roundup. We're going to read these books that you guys have asked us to do, and we're just going to blitz it like that. Uh, to anybody email me, I don't have access to Facebook, so I don't know what you're saying because uh, those uh, those dirty pirates got me. They freaking got me. They infiltrated me. Uh, but that's what it is. But love somebody. Love somebody. Hug somebody. Do what you got to do. Uh, I'm going to be recruiting more people for these time capsules. I got some people that I really think have amazing stories. And I'm reaching out. But it's kind of hard, you know. Uh, some people are, like, really super busy. And some people aren't ready to tell their stories yet. So if they're not ready to tell their stories, you got to take it with a grain of salt, you know. But one day when they are ready, we'll be here. 
All right, this is the best podcast east of the Mississippi River. This is One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Peace out. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And then she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.